Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter here for BeaversEdge.com. Back with you guys for another edition of the podcast. we got a special edition today, joined by the entire BeaversEdge.com staff. TJ Matthewson back, as always, here on the podcast, but also bringing on Dylan Callahan Crowley, our recruiting beat writer extraordinaire. Dylan, welcome back to the pod, man. It's been a while since you and I jumped on for the recruiting uh, edition a couple months ago. TJ and I are regulars on it. It's awesome that we were finally able to link up and get all three of us uh, on the podcast. We're definitely going to be uh, diving into a whole bunch of topics today. We're going to be teasing spring football a little bit as it starts next week. We're also going to be diving into uh, the Pac-12 media rights and pretty much just kind of going roundtable and seeing what we think is going to happen, what can happen, and perhaps what ultimately will happen as it really seems like the Pac-12 is in dire straits of needing to get a media deal in order. So again, thanks for tuning into this edition of the podcast. Uh, TJ, we'll go ahead and start with you, man. How are things? Uh, how are uh, things down with Kjo and Corvallis? Good. I am looking forward to spring football, though. I don't even I don't even know the first spring practice to be able to go to. I'll need to I'll need to map <laughs> that out with you. But it's next Tuesday, so yeah. that's uh, that's exciting stuff. Um, are you Are you going to be down there, Brendan? I hope, hope you're going to be down there because I I can't be. Oh there. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I just kind of like last year. I kind of assumed that the early parts of March are usually a little little tighter for you, and as April comes around, you become a little bit more available so oh yeah no i'm all set up right. for next week and tj you know i wouldn't miss dj you for anything no, no you're not for, gonna miss dj first practice i don't i don't care if he you know is throwing the ball into the in, into the net and they don't have pads on or nothing man i am excited to write about anything we can with DJU. So, yeah, like you said, spring football, uh, just right around the corner, beaversedge.com is going to have uh, exclusive coverage. And also want to welcome in Dylan. Dylan, good to have you back on the pod, man. How are things with you? And uh, are you ready for uh, a little spring football for Oregon State? And uh, how are things been going on the recruiting uh, side, man? Yeah, I've, it's it's been going good. Busy as always. Uh, I mean, we, we talk every day how about how busy it's been. I mean, we're coming out of a slow recruiting month here in February, which uh, is never fun. But uh, with the end of February now and head, as we head into the heart of March here, uh, recruiting is about to pick up. The dead period's over. Kids are getting back on campuses. Oregon State is going to have a ton of kids on campus this, mo- this month. We'll certainly have a list here in the upcoming day or so on Beaver's Edge about all those kids who will be on campus. And it's only going to expand from here. And before you know it, we're going to get into official visit season. And uh, it, it's going to be a busy next few months here on Beaver's Edge on the recruiting side of things. And I think Oregon State is in a good spot going forward in 2024 recruiting class, coming off a top 60 class in 2023. Obviously already have one commitment in the class. And I think there are going to be some more here in the next two or three months. That's awesome and good to hear, you know, from Oregon State building up a a bit of a momentum on the recruiting trail because we're going to get into, you know, the Pac-12 media rights and, you know, Dylan will probably lean towards you to kind of uh, start on the topic when we get there, just ultimately what the recruiting impact could be with this media rights deal and eventually after next year, what it's going to be like when you maybe won't be able to turn on typical cable and maybe see your Pac-12 team. And that, you know, is obviously going to have an impact in recruiting. But uh, TJ, let's go ahead and, and, and start with you. Just kind of what's the latest you've heard kind of on this Pac-12 media uh, deal, where it stands currently from the last time you and I spoke last week. Uh, obviously, as far as I'm, as far as I know, it's still the same thing. The streaming services that are out there, maybe a little renewed interest in Apple TV plus um, a report out there of Ion TV, whether or not you want to take it, 
for what it is or not. A, a lot of smoke and mirrors. What do you think is actually true right now? Well, right now, I'd say my best guess is Ion TV is <laughs> it just sounds fake. It doesn't. Yeah, it, it just sounds fake. It I sounds think. like a reach. I, I, mean, I just honest, can't oh, buy it. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. I, I cannot fathom a, a, a situation where that's what the Pac-12 is going to result to. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to regard that report. I know Brett McMurphy's got some. Lot, he gets lots of things correct. There's a reason he does his job very well. However, I, I don't know if that was maybe like a Big 12 executive like whispering in his ear and and sure. like and stirring the pot on social media to get people you know getting more down on the Pac-12 sure. or. Maybe it was a Pac-12 executive telling George Klyovkov to hurry up and, and negotiate these rights with you know sure. some bogus some bogus report that comes out. I just can't believe I I don't I don't believe that report very much. I don't. So the, that leaves us at the point where it seems like right now the deal is probably going to get done sometime in the next three weeks. You would think so. You mentioned it before this podcast started. There's bad press coming up about, out about the conference every single Single day and you just can't keep having that you need to have something you need to have something in place and it's going to come out in the next few weeks which i predict it's going to be about half streaming and it's going to be half network television remember espn still needs that 10 30 p.m eastern time slot filled that slot can remains open throughout all their other deals with the big 12 and the sec that 10 30 p.m slot remains open that is the pac-12 slot that will be part of their media rights deal it's where the rest of their games are going to be on, right. which is what I wonder. It, it, which streaming service is it going to be? Is it going to be Apple or Amazon? It's probably going to be a good majority of games on Apple TV and a good, and then the rest of them plugged into that late night ESPN, uh, late night ESPN slot. One last thing. I mean, I think sure. I said this to you before, but like the reason a conference is where it is right now, this is what happens when you're not aggressive in, in growth and aggressive uh, thinking forward. The, the conference likes to say it's very progressive and, and open-minded and forward-thinking conference in terms of a lot of things. But in terms of actually putting like foot to action of surviving as, as a group and, and, and putting together the best business opportunities for your schools that can also help your student athletes as that money comes down throughout all the other sports, it, the conference has been easily the worst of all the Power Five conferences to do that. Which is the only conference that has not been aggressive to expand out of the four? Which one? Oh, Pac-12. That's it. That's it. That's At the least, only one. The only yeah, one. I mean, the only the only counter argument I would say to that is when you know they were slightly ahead of the curve at first when they expanded with Colorado and Utah. Some you know ten you know longer than that now. My goodness, and have make sure I do it right. Some twelve years. or so years or ago, 12, uh, eleven years, I think. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, at the time, Larry Scott was, you know, kind of heralded as being forward thinking, as you mentioned, TJ. And then it just kind of like cascaded into this so quickly. They got so far behind the eight ball. And, you know, we're kind of I'm kind of curious. Do you think that it's more is this on George Klievkoff for what he's done in his tenure or is this still lingering from? how much you were handcuffed by Larry Scott. And I think that's maybe a fair question. The reason the media rights are in this place is because of George Klyovkov. He's the one negotiating this. This is his job, right? It's his, it's his administration in there who said, we're taking this to open market. You know what the big 12 did? They didn't take it to open market. They went to their current partners. They're like, Hey, let's make this work. Boom. 
Big 12 has a deal done. $2.2 billion, $31.5 million per school. The Pac-12 is not getting that. They're right. not. They went and said, hey, we will re-up with you and get on television. We know we're getting on television. We're getting years done. And we're, we expanded. We added good schools with good sure. markets and good fan bases into our conference. And we're going to add on to that and secure a media rights deal. And the Pac-12 has done neither of those two things. Neither of them. Right, so right, and it, and it, it is like it's a it's a it's a number of th- it's it is a number of things when you sit back and, and you think it's like well, did you like maybe did you think you were too good for expansion or something? You didn't think that there are any schools that would reach your standard because you look at the four schools in the Big Twelve that that the that the Big Twelve expanded to. I think all those four schools would be a better addition than SMU or San Diego State. All four of them. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the Pac-12 is certainly picking up the pieces, so to speak, when when that's there. And, you know, I mean, no disrespect to San Diego State, who I think can be pretty competitive both academically and, you know, they they typically challenge most Pac-12 teams in non-conference and football. I mean, I you know, Kawhi Leonard's a solid basketball alum and their baseball program's usually pretty solid most years. I know that's just the big three right off the bat, but, you know, SMU, it, it's it's a different story, right? And you know, we'll get into that a little bit, but before we go back and kind of look at maybe the positives and negatives of both Amazon and Apple TV Plus, Dylan, I'm, I'm curious to get your take because you've got your toe in kind of some of the other conferences. You're more, you know, you, you're a little bit more wide ranging across the United States than TJ and I here based on the West Coast. What is the perspe- or perception of the Pac-12 right now from where you sit? And is it kind of like as dire as, TJ and I kind of making it out to be from the national lens. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's, it's pretty bad. The, uh, I would say the pac 12 outside of, and it's only for another season outside of really USC is, is not really viewed kindly. It's, it's a kind of an afterthought for most people out here. Now you're hardcore college football fans absolutely will still talk about the Pac-12 quite a bit and have a better perception of it because those are your fans who are staying up on the East Coast and in sure. the Central watching Pac-12 after dark every sure, Saturday yeah. night. But for your more casual fan, it, it is absolutely a uh, a little bit of an afterthought. Now, I, I think on the from a recruiting perspective, it is not as bad those – Recruits have a little bit more of an open mind than your normal casual fan. Sure. Uh, they tend to look at things as the big picture uh, and not really worry too much about perception. Sure, there are some kids out there that are going to want to, if it's between, uh, let's say, Washington State and um, Texas Tech. They may pick Texas Tech over Washington State because – the Big 12 right now has a little bit of a better perception or may have some more eyes on it right now. Sure. And, that, and that could you know, be decided on this next television deal, uh, which I, I think is going to maybe have a, a decent impact to a degree on recruiting as well, because a lot, a lot of kids can't get on campus before official visits happen. They just don't have the money to be traveling across sure. the country uh, multiple weekends uh, a month, let alone, or sorry, a it's, year, ex- let alone it's a expensive month. to travel. It's expensive to travel, yeah, I, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I talked to some recruits who have uh, over the next two months are visiting 
six, seven, eight different colleges, you know, all across the country. And it's amazing that they, I can't even fathom how much money it costs to be traveling thousands of miles uh, in a two month span. Um, That's a good airline credit card. That's a good airline credit card. Let me tell you. (laughs) So I do wonder how much recruiting will be impacted by the next Pac-12 television deal, because if it is on a streaming service, not everybody is going to have those streaming services unless it's free, which, uh, you know, perhaps it will be, that would change a little bit. But if, if it's behind a paywall per se, it's definitely going to have some, what of an impact because kids aren't going to be able to, you know, turn and tune into any game, any weekend and check out uh, a team that they're possibly interested in. Uh, but overall, the recurring impact, probably not as big as some will think, but it, sure. it will definitely affect some kids because you, you are bringing down your uh, ability to sp- spread, spread the message per se. Uh, of your program, even if it's just for three hours on a Saturday on television, for sure. No, I mean those. That's, right. it's, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm thinking of it from a recruit's perspective. I think the big difference between a casual fan and a recruit is the fan. What we're worried about is like the sport of college football. I don't really think a recruit has that really in mind. If they think if, sure. when Dylan says big picture, they mean big picture of an education or playing in the NFL. Not hey, how's college football going to look in ten years with all these conferences? That's not really, uh, I'd say, not really a a thought of what they what they think of. So the the only other thing I would put with that is that in today's college football landscape that could affect it down the road is um, NIL because you know the bigger the television deal, the more money uh, to go around. Now schools can't give you know players money directly, but uh, uh huh. In today's college football, <laughs> there's obviously sure thing. TJ just goes off screen. <laughs> you guys there catch the, their, ways... their first NIL ruling this week, where they're like, like, "Yeah, let's let's go after it hard. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get women's basketball and just kill them." Yeah, no, I saw that. Right, I okay, that. sure, big yeah. bad NCAA. Hey, Mark Emmert's last day was yesterday. Should we, we give him a round of applause for all the hard we work pop, he's done? Uh, pop some champagne. I don't think anybody's <laughs> upset about that one. Um, but no, sorry, Dale. Go, but go yeah, ahead. Go. No, no. I, I mean, obviously, schools can't give players money directly, but uh, there are definitely ways. Uh, some of those schools who maybe don't play by the rules, uh, you know, funnel money elsewhere sure. and make it look a little bit better so uh it, it could affect things when it comes in nil and depending on you know what type of uh nil deal it is with who uh that ability to be on certain types of television or streaming services each week could play you know a little bit of a factor because it, it's where the athletes showing up the most yeah or the least sure no and, and and i think kind of you know piggybacking off that a little bit i think you know, and I'm curious to get, see what you guys think with this. So the 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 nice thing of it is, is if we follow this to its conclusion and assume, like TJ said, the big games will get the late night ESPN slot. That will largely stay the same. So that leaves us between Apple and Amazon. The good news with both, gentlemen, those are two of the most known brands in the world. Not the United States, not Oregon, not Corvallis, the world, and more specifically to mega huge companies that are based in Seattle, 
in Cupertino, respectively. West Coast, you could probably throw a rock from Stanford's campus to the Apple Circular Building. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Seattle, I would assume, TJ, back me up. How far are we away from, from you know... Uh, across you know, the lake. So there you from go. UW, across so, the lake. Okay, so my with all that, I guess... You know, at least with that, you know that it's like, you know, comp- you know, those two companies or at least have some exposure and more so than Apple, because, you know, I don't want to venture to guess on how many, but I would assume that, you know, a good amount of people, you know, know Apple from either their products or so on and so forth. More people, I think, would have the ability to see games on Amazon. Because let me ask you this, gentlemen, are both of you Prime members? Uh, my dad is. Okay. So yes. Yeah, my, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, my parents, my parents are. So yeah, yeah. I am so <laughs> so if that so if that paywall, like you were talking about, Dylan, doesn't exist, and it's just you know kind of like we did for Thursday night football on you know NFL this year, which I'm sure it kind of irked people for a week or two, and then the people that wanted to watch it were like, oh, I you know that's how I get my packages shipped to my front door in two days. Click, click. I mean, I, I, I get what you're kind of getting at, but do you think there could be removing the maybe paywall inhibiting? Would that would? It, it, am mm-hmm. I on to something here, fellas, or am I reaching? Yeah. I, 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 Dylan, go ahead first if you want to. No, no, you go ahead first. All right. Well, the, I say the thing I think about, like, like, like Brennan, you're saying they're like, yes, there's pod, positives about it. The, the positives aren't necessarily the experience. It's not necessarily the concept of, of buying it. It is like just being able to see it, right? You're sure. still, like all the people who watch sports on network television, by the way, which is one big reason why network television still exists is because of sports. It's not because of Bingo. Uh, ion TV shows like Blue Blood and, and, and Chicago hey, PD and stuff hey, like all that. The be- it, all the best TV shows are moving on to streaming now. I, I dare anybody to tell me any differently. So, I mean, you, that's you've got what a I'm point. Saying. That's right. And it's like, it's not like streaming is necessary. It's not like it, it, it's a complicated way to think about it because it's like, well, it, it doesn't just because shows are more popular on streaming service doesn't necessarily mean sports are more popular sure. on streaming services. If you, sure. if you get what I'm saying, live sports, maybe you'd prefer it to be on a television live in front of you and not like, Hey, I have to pull up my laptop and plug it into an HDMI or air cast it to my, my, uh, sure. air cast it to my television to, to watch the sport. It's just that, you know, it's that extra step, which, a lot of people, frankly, don't even bother taking nowadays, if you think about it. Yeah, but sure. in, in terms of the positives, you're right. I mean, you know, anyone who watches Ted Lasso, like how many people watch Ted Lasso? How many sure. millions of people watch Ted Lasso, right? You of can course. all watch. You know, the MLS now is on Apple TV. That deal just started this year. I think this week right. when the MLS kicked off. I the, mean, the Apple TV has, has rights to the MLS, I think, over ten the course of the next 10 years. Well, so and the it's, interest- not like, it's not like the, yeah. the streaming services – want to add more sports it's just if if it's really if it is actually good for the sports viewership that it's on there regardless of what the company is because the companies will make money no matter what we know that espn for example hemorrhages money every year because they're owned by the amount of money it's either owned by disney so okay i mean house house, so it doesn't matter (laughs) right it doesn't it doesn't really matter as much but espn as a whole doesn't you know make a whole lot of money uh, off of that but when you balance it out with the fact they're owned by disney and then amazon makes a ton of money as well so 
yeah uh, i mean kind of rambled and, on there a little bit no but. no for sure i mean no i mean this that's that's and, what this is that's definitely what this is and, and dylan just real quick the the disappointing thing and maybe not because i don't know if they have the infrastructure for it but if we're talking about pure reach that's why i was always disappointed to never see netflix even kind of ever entered into these negotiations seriously because as much as i talk about ted lasso as much as you know we talk about prime netflix still leads the way by i don't want to say an ocean but <laughs> not, not for much longer <laughs> fair point kick but, half their user base off their off their platform sure. I, yeah i mean i for sure but like i think you know you kind of can tell anybody hey it's on netflix and that's kind of the most right. universally known then i think you kind of get to prime and then maybe apple but you know just a little thought that came into my mind dylan yeah over to your point no yeah uh i got i got a couple here so going back to what i previously said about uh the, how the deals could affect each school uh even be on nil which obviously doesn't affect it directly but what it w- what it will affect directly for schools is that amount of money they receive which goes into you know uh upgrading your facilities upgrading your mm-hmm. stadium upgrading whatever it may yep. be adding things whatever and in today's college ball recruiting it's an arms race for facilities if you yep. don't have the facilities uh you you may not win uh the recruits um so that's something worth knowing um Going back to streaming, I used to watch – now, Thursday Night Football obviously never had great games before, but I used to still watch Thursday Night Football quite a bit. But sure. this year I watched it – I think the only time I watched Thursday Night Football was – I think the Eagles played on there once, and I think oh, wow. maybe okay. once or two other games. I mean, I, I did not tune into Thursday Night Football because okay. it just it, – it's another step that, like, <laughs> if – if it was a game that I didn't want to watch before, maybe there's nothing else on. I would I would turn it on and sure, you know, it's whatever because it was on cable. It's ease of access. But uh, if there was nothing on cable and like yeah, I could go to the football game, but I maybe I didn't want to take that extra step all the time to you know have to go to the Amazon app. And I know it's only a few seconds, but it, sure, it's it, it's that ease of access that he, that TJ was talking about that is, it just won't be there and. The other thing is I, I think streaming services can be used well for sports as like a supplemental type thing. Um, like the Big Ten and their new TV deal is using Peacock for yeah. a handful of games each week. But that's supplemental to, you know, um, being on Fox, being and on CBS. FS1, CBS. Yeah. NBC. Um, and NBC. Early, yep. early so, morning NBC before Notre Dame. That's, that's a pretty yep. big spot. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, so you're getting to be on four different networks, and then you have Peacock for the leftover games. So I guess I would be intrigued with Amazon or Apple is if there is, is a portion, which I imagine there have to be somewhat on cable because I, I just – I. Are they really going like how are they going to from just a logistical standpoint? Uh are they gonna hire four, five, six different broadcast teams broadcasting so, a bunch of games at once? So the way that I service? the way that I see that potentially working out the easiest is whoever will bid to essentially, I'm trying to think like franchise. I don't even know if that's the right term here, but just take over the Pac-12 network studios and essentially keep it in place. 
the broadcasting right. talent that's in place sure. that is you know the the you know the yogi raw you know the 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 whole crew but i think it would be under perhaps pac 12 networks brought to you by apple pac 12 networks brought yeah. to you by amazon or you know maybe well, even more than i don't know i don't know exactly but i think i, I don't think, use that I, I think it would be i think it would be I think it would be a separate entity, would it not? I I feel like it would ha- it would be Amazon coverage would be separate from Pac-12. Now, although I think if Pac-12 Network got bought out, that would be the greatest thing that Congress that's what I'm ever saying is maybe they history. could buy out the rights and operate it themselves, kind of a thing. No, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think that's how the rights would work. The oh, rights would be that yeah, yeah. Amazon would get probably two games a week to put on theirs. The Pac-12 Network would get their regular two games a week that they normally put two or three games, depending on sure. when when they. Put Put it on their network, but we know how hard the Pac-12 network is to watch. It's probably harder mm-hmm. to watch the Pac-12 network than it is to watch on a streaming service. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. It might then, be harder. And then to the find remaining Pac-12 game is probably mine. on, and the remaining game is probably on ESPN, like the late night game. I, so I totally think about it. It's Pac-12 not. I don't. Network. Yeah, I don't know if it's as much of a logistical thing as as Dylan said. You know, they might. They'd probably have to invest a little bit more yeah, uh, for college football coverage. But again. The streaming platforms are investing in sports. The The problem is if you can make it, it's really like, is this the new technology that, that really works? Is this, is this the, what will get more people to watch it? Cause we can make it a better experience and it's more convenient for them to, Hey, pull it up on your phone like this. Boom. That would be one thing that would actually be much easier. If you're a member, you have it on your phone. I mean, you can't pull up a cable unless you're connected to your home Wi-Fi on your phone. Right. I don't think so. Sure. Sure. Well, I guess on the ESPN app, you could, but other well, ones, the, I mean, eh. well, and the thing is, yeah. I don't think that they're going to make silly, silly decisions from a fiscal standpoint, but you know, that's the thing that, you know, I, I think that was like the, the ultimate goal of, of George Klebkoff when he went to these negotiations is fellas. I mean, who, if they wanted to, could outbid Amazon or Apple, like I said, a couple minutes ago, these are two of the richest companies in the world but it it's not even about outbidding it's how much would they pay is the question because if apple and amazon don't have anyone to bid against well why would they give the pack 12 40 million dollars it's true that's where i think you have to to find well you have to play them against each other and find that middle ground right but they wouldn't do that they wouldn't do that because they know they could get it at a discount rate don't and this brings up two two more thoughts um, yeah, one and the logistics thing is, is what he, what TJ said. I, I absolutely agree with, and I'll as often this, but that actually brings up a whole different issue, which it goes back to the whole how the Pac-12 network, it, outside of Pac-12 areas, is completely non-existent, and that anybody outside the Pac-12 completely forgets about it, which which streaming service would absolutely help with. Because then, you know, somebody on the East Coast or in the Central could actually watch it. But um, I think I asked you before, Brandon, but you guys got the Big Ten network out there. We so, can yes. get it, yeah. And, yeah. Yep. I, I was going to say, Dylan, at home when I was in high school, my parents had all the sports channels. We had Big Ten. We had SEC. We nice. had, um, I mean, the ACC once it launched. We had the Longhorn Network. Nice. Right? I mean, yeah. everything readily available at your fingertips well, that was comcast so right? like that and 
Uh, it was Comcast Xfinity. And, uh, you know, Comcast, <laughs> you get the Pac-12 network with. You do? So, I, I mean, yep. I don't know how it would be with. I, that was essentially just me bragging about my channels, which I apologize to sound like a snobby. <laughs> I'm not going to swear on this podcast. <laughs> um, just to say, it was not that hard to get those channels, you know, as sure. far away from Big Ten country in Seattle as you could possibly get. Yeah, and I, I think and that's the other thing is I, if they could find a way to make the Pac-12 network – more national via these streaming services, then it would absolutely be a home run. But I also agree with how much are they actually going to be willing to pay? Because once now that USC and UCLA are leaving and God knows who else may leave in the future, how much are they willing to actually put up? Because in the end, you're going from having USC, UCLA, which are two more national programs, bring in big name exposure to, but and there's still Oregon, but if Oregon were to leave, there's not many national Oregon, brand names if, out there. If Oregon and Washington, if Oregon and Washington left, I I think this conference would have a really hard time surviving. Put it that way. Hard No, the, it wouldn't. Like I don't think it would survive. I think yeah. at that point, yeah. the four the four Southern schools, the the Mountain schools, and the Arizona schools would defect to the Big Ten, and the rest would probably be left to fight for themselves uh, if that if that's what i were to guess the the number i saw when i was looking it up the pac-12 if usc and ucla would have stayed yeah i think the bottom number was 50 million dollars per year per school if the two la schools stayed wow and now they're going to get trying to get 30 trying they're trying to get 25 yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the other thing to mention this is uh just and it's not really on the media rights, but more so the future is the Big Ten isn't done expanding here. And right now, the Big Ten obviously doesn't have a commissioner, mm -hmm. and this new commissioner is going to decide a lot about the landscape of not just the Big Ten, but the Pac 12 and a lot of sure. college football as a whole. So, I'm just interested because there's going to have to be some type of war language in this upcoming TV deal about if the Big Ten chooses to expand and take so-and-so school it's going to be interesting from that as well and the chance that the Pac-12 could lose other schools is probably going to keep the money down as well because if unless there's a way to keep those schools locked into the Pac-12 for the entire length of the contract it's that's a major risk if you could possibly lose sure Oregon and Washington but even if they would lose just lose Oregon that would be a huge hit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out because I think the longer that it doesn't, you know, find a resolution, and we were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, is, you know, when can you expect something like this or something, you know, news on this to actually come to be? And I think within the next couple of weeks is is reasonable. You know, TJ kind of hints that. I've heard the same thing, that there could be something around the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament. But who knows? Maybe that's just smoke knows? and mirrors. And, you know, that has to be something that's ultimately, you know, negotiated and finalized for them to be able to announce it, you know? So yeah, I, 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 I have a quick question for you too, quick. Yeah. I, I saw an article on Forbes last week, and I just want to get your thoughts on it as, as Pac-12 residents, lifelong Pac-12 people, was that after they figure out this media deal, the Pac-12 needs to come to some sort of – talk with the ACC about, you know, like an alliance as the Big Ten yeah. and the Pac-12 had, but something, alliance, merge, or whatever you want to have it, 
do you think that something like that is in the cards potentially in the future for the Pac-12? Because that would be one way to survive and try to counteract any type of yeah. I don't another program. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen, Dylan, but we talked about it a little bit on our radio show this week. And I, I think it would be good for the Pac-12 because the ACC is kind of in a different way being held out of the party right now because their, their next media rights is so far down the road. They're locked in, but they're not being talked about in a real positive way either like these other conferences are. So if there was a possibility for it to come together, great. But what from George Klievkoff has shown that they're going to get something like that done. So I guess I'm not very optimistic, but if it were to happen in any capacity, you know, I, I will, that's what my goal, you know, as, as far as, you know, all that, you know, my goal is to essentially, you know, just keep the conference together, you know, as, as silly and premature as that, as that may be, you know, fellas. It doesn't logistically seem possible. It does not. And the problem is when you do that, if you're, you so the problem, well, you open up the door to say, hey, let's merge the two. But when you open the door, not only you're opening the door for the to give the ACC schools a lifeline to sort of combine forces, all the big brands the ACC are gone. Like, right. they're, they're not staying. They're not partnering with Washington State and Oregon State. They're going to get a payday in the SEC where they know they can get paid an That's exorbitant fair. amount of money. Florida State, Miami, Clemson. Uh, pick one other ACC school that you think would go to the, the Southeastern Conference, and that would be it. So right. I, I just don't think the ceiling is really there if that for that. Yeah, it's certainly it, – it, like I said, I think there's a lot of things still in play, and, you know, maybe the Pac-12 still has an ace up their sleeve. You know, that's hopefully not I on TV. You know, I choose to continue to, you know, choose choose, you know, a positive line of thinking. But until – you know, we hear anything that's just continuing what it's going to be is speculation on the part of all of us. So, you know, ultimately, you know, we didn't even get a chance in this podcast to be able to get into everything we want to talk about. We'll almost have to have another one uh, checking in and uh, TJ, I'm sure you and I will be talking during spring football for sure. But yeah, fellas, what are just kind of your parting thoughts uh, on this? What do you just in a couple sentences or less, what do you think will ultimately happen here? Start with you, TJ. It's grim. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't have anything positive to say there's there's yeah. nothing positive until i see it in writing and i see it assert that the conference has made so many assurances and alliances to stay together and we're this we're that and it has led to just yeah. this which is not good yeah dylan yeah i i'll just kind of go and say what i think generally is going to happen in culture well i think in the next 10 15 years you're just going to have really two super conferences and then everybody else. And I, I think there's going to be a couple, uh, quite a bit of teams from the ACC, the big 12 and the, and the PAC 12 that are left at kind of the door and everybody else is going to be, you know, having the party. Yeah. I mean, either way, there's a lot coming up and it's going to be exciting to, you know, see what ultimately happens and, what chips ultimately fall. So that'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the edge podcast. Make sure to stay locked into beaversedge.com. As Dylan mentioned earlier in the podcast, March is going to be a really busy month for uh, visitors uh, checking out Oregon state. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And as TJ and I were talking about as well, we'll be uh, bringing you uh, live coverage from Oregon state practices and whatnot. So make sure to be uh, tuned into beaversedge.com. DJU coming to uh, Corvallis uh, obviously this spring we're going to get the chance to see him see how he uh, fits into the offense so 
Lots of exciting times uh, here at uh, Beaver's Edge. Make sure to stay locked. Fellas, thanks for joining me. Uh, as always, uh, looking forward to uh, connecting up again soon.